This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. What an awesome night. What an awesome night, Pastor Bonnie. I just wish we could have just went into worship. I was teasing earlier out there. I said, let's just worship. But I sense the presence of God was so, so overwhelming. And Pastor Tom, you hit the nail on the head. Tonight, we need to stir up the hearts of compassion. Oh yeah, that's what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Spirit of the Lord is saying, compassion. And you only can do that when there's wisdom in the house. We only can do that when there's revelation. We can't do it from a point of information. I want to, for those who were not here this morning, quick one minute or two. We cannot impose an Aaron model church. We are praying for the three houses of power. And your house cannot be one of idolism. It's got to be the one from the mountain. God visits when your heart comes. You see, you can spend three, four hours in prayer and nothing can happen. It's not about an appointment. It's about the dedication of hearts. God wants to hear your heart. Tonight, I know time's gone and I want to get straight onto the word. Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. Everyone knows the story about the spies. And everyone knows about the woman that had compassion. And today I want to speak with you about that. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up to the roof. Somebody say roof. And said to them, because she's already hidden them there. I know that the Lord has given you this land. And I know that a great fear of you has fallen on us. So that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. Somebody put your name there. Come on, somebody put your name there. We all are fear because but the church is singing the other way around. Because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And we, and what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness, show compassion to my family. Because I have shown kindness, compassion to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brother and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Today's message, she declares it. Our lives for your life. Underline that. Our life for your life. And then the men assured her, if you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she led them down by a rope 
through the window of the house she lived in and was part of the city wall. She said to them, Go to the hills so your pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there for three days until they return, and then go your way. Now the men had said to her, This oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land you have tied a scarlet cord in the window through which you will let us down. Unless, unless you have brought your father and your mother and your brothers and all the family into the house. Your life for my life. Your life. See, the problem we have today, we don't think the authority is in the hands of the ones that we're supposed to be ministering to. We judge it the other way around. God is a God of power. Sometimes we become so religious about the handling of this power, we get to a place where we forget that God wants to work in the hearts of the available. He wants to work with the, the arts of the ones who's equipped and he equips the available. There's a woman who was available. It was wisdom and revelation in her that she had to understand and identify because how else would she have known that this moment was a God moment. The, the city would have labeled her prostitute. The city would have labeled her outcast. The city would have labeled her you cannot be used of God. But she moved in a position of wisdom. She discerned. And she arrested that wisdom. She arrested and she negotiated she negotiated for a salvation. <laughs> she negotiated for a salvation. War, a prostitute that showed she had wisdom and revelation. See, many of us all know that Jesus is the answer, but we all start to look like the question. We say to the world, Jesus is the answer. But our neighbors look at our face and our face tells a different story. She went in and negotiated. See, this is religiously contradictory. A prostitute normally rep represents or reflects something or someone socially or morally challenged. But I want to say to you, when mercy falls on a labeled woman, when mercy falls on a labeled society, when mercy falls on a labeled community, when mercy falls, I want to say to you today that as we push into the days of this conference, I wish and I pray and I hope that God will shake up in your hearts that there is people out there in your community that you have disregarded. There are people out there in your streets that you don't look at because they're socially and morally challenged. But they know, they know that Jesus is the answer. This woman realized that she had the power of negotiation because he came for the sick. He came for the needy. 
He came for the morally challenged. He came for the ones. That's why Jesus is saying to you today through this word and through this conference, we can only do that when we realize it's time to be spent on the mountain. It's time that we have to shake out, shake out the religious, how we have spoken and heard of the various speakers of this morning. And today, and tomorrow, and Sunday, that you will not lose this opportunity for God to position to negotiate with the ones who need. The problem is we want to hear people speak theologically sound. We want to hear the interaction of people that when they speak, that they need to know. And when people speak the language, then we respond to that language. Yeah, you find the spies who were sent. Let me explain for something. You think God was confused? Did the spies realize that they were going to negotiate with a socially, morally challenged individual? See, sometimes when God spells out certain things for you, you want to withdraw. You want to withdraw because you want to know the whole nine yards. You want to know the whole, Father, I'm praying right now, pack it out. You see, if God had told Moses that I'm going to make you Wonderful 40 years. You think he would have taken the job? Do you think if God told him it's going to be and spelled out the entire script, how the journey is going to be, you think he would have taken out the challenge? I want to say to you, it's not easy to sit in these chairs today. It is not easy to stand at this pulpit. It is not easy to be one of the pastors. It is not easy to be one of those leaders. I want to say to you, God is weighing on your heart. And every moment of your heart, God is inscribing it and He knows when to action it at the right place. That means every moment, I want you to know that every person that is challenged in your community has the power to negotiate your life for my life. How does she know that? Through wisdom and revelation. How does she know that? But she knows that the church is in Christ. And she knows that the church, and they know that the church is about Christ. Today when those beautiful banners came up, I was so moved in the spirit to know that he is the Lion of Judah. And I looked at that Pastor Tom, and I'm saying to you that when we celebrate the Lion of Judah, he can do all things. He can do all things, but not to the religious, but to the hearts that will move in wisdom. That the hearts will, see, the Bible says, and many of us know this, for what you know shall set you free. But we don't do what we know. We also want to ask people what we already know. Our freedom comes from what we already know. We know that we have to reach out to the socially immoral, but we want some other brother to do it. We know that we have to speak to our neighbor, but we come and talk to somebody else about their neighbor. Love, why was one of the call? Love thy neighbor, because many of us cannot get on with our own neighbors. But we want to go far away to another community, to another vicinity, and then we want to talk to people about loving their neighbors. That's where it starts. And they know 
It's your life for my life. Because they know that the answer is because Jesus is in you. The strategic of the lost, they understand the key to salvation. They understand the key in the identity of all that God has placed with you. As much as Joshua delegated the authority as God spoke to him, God didn't spell out what was going to happen beyond that. And that's why sometimes you've got to walk by faith. I'm saying you've got to walk by faith. And you've got to walk in the understanding that God will use you. Sometimes when you come to the crossroads and you realize that it's not what you expected, but if it's of God, do it. Amen. Somebody go with me today. I want you to understand that she negotiated for her salvation. Amen. Verse 8, she went up to the roof. She didn't go up to the roof just to see who is there. She stepped out and went out to the roof because she knew that she's going to go for negotiation. You have no idea what is lying in the hearts of the needy. Don't look at the moral challenge, I mean the socially challenged situation. Don't look at the clothes they are wearing. Don't look how they speak. Don't look as to what they are going to say because maybe they're not dressing like you. Maybe they don't speak to you. Maybe they don't go to a church like you. But you have no idea they may have already had a visitation. And your next stage or step of your life or your or your, or your success, he never knows. He's in the hands of somebody else, of the needy. All God is waiting to see how you can respond. How God is waiting to see how your heart will respond. What your words are saying, but how your heart will respond. Amen. Pastor Tom, today, just now, a few minutes ago, there's a man that needed help, the man that needed prayer. He could have kept quiet and let his ashes take them out, but he had to speak in the air because the presence of God is in the house and he's shaking in the hearts today of the compassionate. And compassion is not a word. Compassion is an action. Compassion is not a word. She said, show kindness to me. But there's the real deal. She didn't only talk and negotiate for herself. She knew she was in the place of power. She negotiated for her entire family. Hallelujah. Hey, they know what you have in your hands. They know that salvation is not yours to give. Salvation is not yours to give. You are just a vessel. You are just a steward. You are just a carrier. You are not there to negotiate. The presence of God is already gone before you and is negotiated already. These men were dumbstruck. They were dumbstruck. They did not know what to do. Let me, pause, let me pause for a few moments. There's somebody coming out to you and they know what you are carrying. They know what you are carrying. They know you have the power to save. They know you have the power. Remember I said to you, God this morning, God placed in you design. 
Remember I said to you this morning, he already, that's why it was fearfully and wonderfully done because he knew what was the impact of what he put in you. But information has taken you to other places. Information that we feed ourselves have taken us to other places. See church, eternity is not just a synthetic belief. Eternity is a reality. Amen. And the things that you do in compassion and the things that you do in kindness determines your destination. Also determines your altitude. And also determines your place for blessing. Sometimes your blessing is already positioned for you. All you've got to do is walk into it. All you've got to do is walk into it. But you know what? You don't know where it is. Because what you see in the natural eye, you want to take a left turn. Because it's at Paul's house. Because Paul will give me a cup of coffee and Paul will celebrate me and he'll say, hey, what a... Sometimes communities just want to receive you. That's why Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Because he was getting a bit all worked up with the attention. Teacher, teacher, good work. Well, you've done well. See, sometimes we position only ourselves for getting... A pat on our back. We don't know what it is to be on the cross sometimes. Sometimes you come off a... Next minute somebody comes and gives you a negative word. I was speaking with someone today and there was nothing that the person did for me to, to even allow me my own, in my own way to forgive him. But I said to the person, I forgive you and I forgive you in advance for the things that you're still going to do or say because why come on somebody how can you forgive someone in advance because you know by wisdom the path they're going to take but you know what it is as long as they action allows me to be on the cross I'm happy because that's the place Paul says I will get the crown come on somebody that's the place that Paul said you will run the race and you'll not get weary you will run the race and you'll get to a place Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, your life for my life. Your life. And then she went on and said, hey, hang a second. How can I take your word for it? Come on, how can I take... Church, am I talking to somebody? Because in our understanding, in our theology, in our theology, we don't believe the world can negotiate with us. Because we are pompous. We are righteous. We go to church, man. We sing songs. We raise our hands up. We clap. We dance. You don't do all that. We can do all that, but our hearts can be far from the one that we are worshipping. You see, when he said, let's go on to the other side, a demon man, demon-possessed man, was already waiting for him. You see, somebody sometimes we like to take left turns to quieter places. And then let me just take a resting moment. But you never know, God has already positioned your next level of ministry. Your next level of ministry. Can you then imagine? She tells them, You gotta wait three days. She even knew the power of the third day. Because we're the third day church. Come on, somebody. We're the brought through our message of we're the ones of wisdom, revelation, 
that is brought to us by the message of the cross. He didn't come for the well. He came for the sick. He didn't come for the rich. He came for the poor. And I want you to know, and why am I speaking about this tonight? Because tonight I'm preaching. It's a service tonight and I'll teach in the morning. But for now I want you to know that the country of Zimbabwe, the city of Harare, cannot come through and cannot come right by a system or a government or a constitution. It can come through by the change of hearts. Sometimes you've got to allow the socially challenged, the morally challenged to challenge us. Come on, somebody. We need to get to the place where society can challenge us. And the natural thing we want to do when society challenges us, we want to run. We want to hide. But the Bible says, she went into the roof. The roof talks about a hiding place. And she hid them there. They were cornered. They were cornered. They can't go nowhere. So she had the power to negotiate. And plus, further, they were being charged outside to be captured. Captured. See, sometimes our time is running out. Sometimes our time is running out and we don't know it. I ask myself, and I say it very respectfully, I say it very respectfully, when 2020 started, we had a lot of deaths, Pastor Tom, I'm in the church. A lot of pastors that died in Durban. In, in Durban, South Africa, we had a lot of pastors just die in 2020. But I want to say to you, I don't believe it was because of a disease. Because sometimes our time's running out. And the biggest and the greatest lie we all believe is we have enough time. We all believe, oh, no, 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 what? Let me just finish out my, my, my career. When I finish, get my career. Let me get my, uh, my thesis done. Let me get my doctorate. Let me get my degree. Let me get my business finished off. Let me make a couple of million dollars. Let me buy this car. You think God designed, put all of that. Nothing wrong with resources, but something's wrong with our priorities. Come on, give God praise. Nothing's wrong with having resources. But it's our priorities that God wants us. I want to say to you tonight, as I wind on to close, I want to say to you tonight, because we're going to pray for a few people, and I think with the power of God that's in the house tonight, oh, the saturating power, powerful, powerful worship from the worship team, and God's presence is here, and I believe His presence is here. And I want to say to you right now, everybody, and I encourage you in the morning, and I'm going to continue to encourage you. And I said that to a lot of people as I walked out of the auditorium in and out today. I said, I know you might be standing in a position that you might be thinking is menial. That you might be thinking it's not a position of real power or whatever it is. But I want you to know that God knows your heart. And I want you to know that God has already placed you for a time such as this. But what happens? He doesn't delay. He doesn't, sorry, deny you. He delays you. The reason being because sometimes the communications, the conversations we have, the things we speak to people is the things that causes our delay. Come on, I want to say that. The things we say, 
the things we do, the actions, our thoughts, all these things delays us. And what happens? We then realize we are being delayed and we don't want to wait in the mountain experience. We don't want to wait for revelation. We don't want to use wisdom. We then start to move in our skill. We then start to become carnal. We then want to bully ourselves and push ourselves and we don't care whether God works through us or not anymore. And you know what happens to people like that? They tend to get weary. They suddenly become frustrated. They become frustrated. I want to tell you right now, if there's no peace in your ministry, it's not of God. Come on somebody. If there's no joy in your ministry, it's not of God. Because the Bible says, for the kingdom, it's not about what we eat and what we drink. It's about righteousness, peace. And someone say it with me loud. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Pastors in this conference, let your ministry be with joy in the Holy Ghost. Let your singing in the stage here, I mean on the altar here, let it be with joy in the Holy Ghost. Even if you open the door, even if you're standing out the corner, wherever you are, even if you're in the media team, behind the camera, behind the sound desk, I want you to know that Jesus is sitting with you right there at the sound desk. Don't think you're doing a job. You are in an orchestra for worship to Him. See the color scarlet, the color scarlet hanging out the way has to be the grace. You see, when I see grace, I know that that house is protected. Come on, somebody. She negotiated and said to them, Stay three days. Amen. Stay three days. I want you to know Jesus was not late, He didn't need three days. But I want to say to you, on that third day, when he arose, he had to deal with Hades first. He had to go down and take those keys. And he said to him, give me those keys. I want to tell you right now, the enemy has got no keys other than the keys you gave him. Come on, somebody. Because Jesus took away the keys. That's why he spent, he didn't need three days, but he dealt with it. To go on there and deal with every demon and every enemy that will come to intimidate you and oppress you. But what happens? We give the enemy the power to intimidate us. We give him the power, the keys to play games with us. And what happens? Your ministry gets delayed. It doesn't get denied. It gets delayed. And you want to know, why are you walking around for 40 years? Why are you waiting for 50 years? Why nothing is happening to me? Why everything is only happening to Pastor Tom, Pastor Taz, Pastor Leslie? Why is it only happening to the people but not me? I want you to know there is some prostitute. There is some socially, morally challenged somebody waiting to catch you in the roof of your faith. To catch you in the roof of your spiritual experience. When you got nowhere to go and nowhere to hide, let me tell you what is a roof experience. The roof experience in the typology is when challenges is pressing you at all corners and you don't know what to do. <laughs> and when you need an answer, you don't sometimes think the answer comes out from the needy. You think the answer comes out, oh, 
you don't know you don't know God's you don't know God's language you need to know how God operates sometimes we want to run to places we want to run to places we even come to church and we get prayer and after we get prayer the neighbor says you know you got to come to this place because this person plays with stones this person plays with bones this person play with leaves and they got to give you a script and see we can't vacillate to two different come on somebody come on somebody we got to be clear about our worship if you worship the king he's a jealous king he won't let you sleep with anyone else. Come on, somebody. You got to get into bed with him and you got to be with him. You got to worship him. You got to kiss him. You got to prosecute him. You got to do it all. You got to embrace him and you remain faithful to him. But you want God to come and meet you in two different places. Let me tell you tonight, it's your roof experience. The society is marching up those stairs. And she say, listen here, guys. I know who you are. I know you have the answer. I know you've got mandate. Come on, somebody. I know you've got purpose. I know what you're doing in the city. I know what you're doing in Borrowdale. I know what you're doing in uh, downtown town. I know what you're doing in Kwekwe. I know what you're doing in Mutare. I know, I know God gave you something. You can't hide. I know, I know you got mission. I know you got mandate. See, the problem is, we know they know. We know they know, but we do nothing about what they know. That's what the Bible says. What you know shall set you free. Your freedom stays and lies in the hands. Come on, somebody. That's the reason we are here. We are not here to build beautiful homes, drive big cars. Nothing wrong with that. We can have all of that. But we are here, as I said here this morning, to position to get back home. You heard Pastor Tom say, compassion. And that is what it's all about. Your life for my life. She negotiated with these spies because they, she knew they were packed with a mission. And you too have mission tonight. You have purpose tonight. But your mission and purpose is not for the saved. Hello? Hello? Your mission and purpose is not only to show in the church. Your mission and purpose is for somebody out there who's waiting to negotiate for salvation. Amen? Hang down the scarlet thread. When we see that sign, let me tell you, when we know that our neighbors' homes are dressed in grace, and when we know their communities are dressed in grace, and we know that the needy is dressed in grace, then the enemy will not charge because God has protected that home. Amen? The answer is not in the tangibility of funds. The answer is the right position of hearts. It is hearts that can unlock and unlock the greater things because amen. Amen to that. Amen to that. It's a, I want to say as a close, as I close, wherever you work, wherever you live, lower that, lower that life, that salvation line. Lower them. 
and let salvation to the needy, to the lost. That when you leave, when you leave here and you go back home, God will position you because your life for my life. And that's exactly what it is. Eternity only can be given to you by the ones that you are serving. That's powerful. Eternity can only be given to you by the ones that he sent you to work for. He didn't send you to work for just people that only can celebrate you and give you positions and do things. That's the biggest problem we have today. We want other people, and I say it respectfully, you know, Pastor, it's a great idea, Pastor. We must do this. It's a wonderful idea. And I tell you, Pastor, do this here and do it that way and do it this way and you'll get so much of things and this will happen. But why are you instructing the pastor? To, what about you? What about you? you great ideas about ministry. You have great ideas what to do, but you don't want to do it yourself. You want other people to carry your load. Nothing wrong with that. Other people will carry your load and they'll get blessed. Other people will carry your load and they'll get blessed. I want to say to you today, Zimbabwe can change. The city of Harare can change. Your community can change. If we all go back and realize negotiation for eternity is not in the hands of how many songs we sing and how we sing those songs. It's how we carry out our mission and our purpose and our mandate for those ones who hold the keys. Amen? Dude, hold up, hold on a man who's drunk. It's not easy to walk to a prostitute. Hold her by the hand and pray with her. Take her out of the streets. It is not easy to see a man who's lying on the floor, hasn't eaten for days, and he's just hoping to die. It is not easy to see people that want to walk into the road and hoping that some truck will take them out. But where is the church? Getting dressed for church. Where is the church? Come on, somebody. Where is the church? Jesus said, let me get to the other side. There's work to be done. I don't need celebration. I don't need celebration. These crowds are all celebrating me. Come on, come on. We need to go. Jump in the boat. We've got to get on to the other side. There's a demon-processed man waiting for us. See, those are the kind of things we don't want to hear. Stand with me tonight. We're going to pray. We're going to wind down. Hallelujah. Forever In a warfare that most often can't be seen a battle not of flesh but of the spirit of the lord to see his kingdom come to see his will be done our mission is to overcome the darkness as we join all heaven's angels in this fight empowered by the spirit of the awesome living God as we stand in one accord then the battle is the Lord's let us
Hallelujah. Tonight, as you raise your hands to heaven, and as I minister this word, I believe that the Lord is already tonight positioning your answer for freedom, for all the things that you are praying for into the hands of the needy. And I know right now, right now God is dropping names into your spirit. Right now. Come on. I know God is also dropping right into your spirit situations and circumstances that you are held contempt of. Come on, you know that. You know you've been held contempt. Because you can't hide. You can't hide that. But God has recorded. But tonight I believe that God can wipe the slate clean. And a new day. Somebody said earlier, a new day, a new day, a new day, a new day. And that's what wisdom and revelation does. When we use our wisdom, take into revelation, God will bring forth the things. If you need prayer right now, raise up your hands. And if you are one of those people that God is waiting here to pray, and we're going to do, that's why we cut down the word a little bit to give you some time. If you have any need right now in the sense of what I spoke, we're not talking about the need for you right now here. I want you to talk about how God can position you to your purpose and your mandate. Say, Lord, I know that I've heard pastors speak tonight that I am guilty. I'm guilty of turning my eyes away from my neighbor because I saw them and I realized that they will not change for nothing in this world. I've spoken, I've spoken negativity in my community. My community cannot come to you. And now I realize it's my, my life is in the hands of the one that says, your life for my life. And I'm not talking about just living in the country. I'm talking about eternity. I'm talking about salvation that God has placed as a key. That's right. Come forth. You know that that's right. And that's right. And that's what God wants to do. God wants to release you today. God wants to release you today. Come front. And God is going to empower you. He's going to empower you right now. And his people are waiting to pray with you right here. As we close tonight, Friday night, right here at Celebration Center as our worship team will sing and as we will pray right now I'm also going to have to pray with you and pray for you as God positions you in this time as the negotiations for your freedom is in the hands today. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos visit celebrationmen.org